Chapter 9 Inescapable Revelation, Inescapable Knowledge Having dismissed the taunting accusation of obscurantis arrogance in presuppositional epistemology, we go on to consider a second kind of criticism that is commonly leveled at the position. A biblical theory of knowledge proclaims the absolute requirement of God's revealed truth as the tacit foundation of understanding and knowledge. Against such an outlook, it has been urged that the unbeliever would be reduced to the level of inescapable stupidity, deprived of any knowledge whatsoever. If Christian presuppositions are necessary to understanding, then allegedly the non-Christian cannot understand anything at all. Yet from what we see in the world around us and from what we read of history, it is clear that unbelievers have attained knowledge of many things. Thus it would appear that presuppositional epistemology implies something that is patently false, in which case presuppositionalism is itself false. But does presuppositionalism really imply any such thing? No, far from it. In fact, the presuppositionalist claims that only his epistemological position guarantees that the unbelievers can make positive contributions to the edifice of knowledge. What the critic has erroneously inferred is that, if revealed presuppositions are necessary to understanding of the world, then non-Christians are totally ignorant since they do not admit to revealed presuppositions. However, the presuppositionalist maintains that the unbeliever can come to know certain things, despite his espoused rejection of God's truth, for the simple reason that he does have revealed presuppositions, and cannot but have them as a creature made as God's image and living in God's created world. Although he outwardly and vehemently denies the truth of God, no unbeliever is inwardly and sincerely devoid of a knowledge of God. It is not saving knowledge of God, to be sure. But even as condemning knowledge, natural revelation still provides a knowledge of God. Thus, according to biblical epistemology, while men deny their Creator, they nevertheless possess an inescapable knowledge of Him. And because they know God, even though they know Him in curse and reprobation, they are able to attain a limited understanding of the world. You see, the unbeliever is actually double-minded. At base, all men know God as His creatures. But as sinners, all men refuse to acknowledge their Creator and live by His revelation. Hence, we can say that men both know and do not know God. They know Him in judgment and in virtue of natural revelation, but they do not know Him in blessing unless it is in virtue of supernatural revelation and saving grace. Though hampered by his moral condition, the unbeliever's scholarship is not completely defunct. He can attain knowledge despite himself. In principle, his unbelief would preclude understanding of anything. For, as Augustine said, one must believe in order to understand. However, in practice the unbeliever is restrained from a consistent, self-destructive following of his unbelieving profession. If the unbeliever were a total idiot, he would be free from guilt. But Paul's point in Romans chapter 1 is that the unbeliever's rebellion is willful and knowledgeable. He sins against his better knowledge and is thus without excuse. Verses 20 through 21. And while he suppresses this better knowledge in unrighteousness, verse 18, that knowledge provides a foundation of him, limited but real, understanding of God's world. 
central to the position of biblical presuppositionalism, is an affirmation of the clarity and inescapability of natural revelation. The world was created by the Word of God, Genesis chapter 1 verse 3, John chapter 1 verse 3, Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2, and thereby reflects the mind and character of God, Romans chapter 1 verse 20. Man was created as the image of God, Genesis chapter 1 verses 16 through 27, and thus cannot escape the face of God. There is no environment where man can flee to escape the revelational presence of God, Psalm chapter 139 verse 8. God's natural revelation goes out to the end of the world, Psalm chapter 19 verses 1 through 4. And all people see his glory, Psalm chapter 97 verse 6. Therefore, even when living in open, idolatrous rebellion, men are in the condition of knowing God, Romans chapter 1 verse 21, the living and true God, not merely a God. Christ enlightens every man, John chapter 1 verse 9, and so Calvin declares, For we know that men have this unique quality above the other animals, that they are endowed with reason and intelligence, and that they bear the distinction between right and wrong engraved in their conscience. Thus there is no man to whom some awareness of the eternal light does not penetrate. The common light of nature, a far lowlier thing than faith, Calvin's Commentaries, because the unbeliever is inconsistent in his adherence to a denial of God's truth, because he and the world are not what he professes them to be, the unbeliever is afforded some knowledge. Thus, the antithesis between believer and unbeliever is absolute only in principle at this time. Van Til rightly observes, The absolute contrast between the Christian and the non-Christian in the field of knowledge is said to be that of principle. Full recognition is made of the fact that in spite of this absolute contrast of principle, there is relative good in those who are evil. So far as men self-consciously work from this principle, they have no notion in common with the believer. But in the course of history the natural man is not fully self-conscious of his own position. He has within him the knowledge of God by virtue of his creation in the image of God. But this idea of God is suppressed by his false principle, the principle of autonomy. This principle of autonomy is, in turn, suppressed by the restraining power of God's common grace and by the striving of the Spirit, their hostility is curbed in some measure, and as such they can cooperate by virtue of the ethical restraint of common grace, the defense of faith, Presbyterian and Reformed. Hereby, the challenge of presuppositionalism is strengthened further. All knowledge, even the knowledge possessed by the unbeliever in unrighteousness, must be founded upon the accepted truth about God. Therefore, both the unbeliever's knowledge and God's common grace should be used, not to encourage neutrality, but to press home the demands of God at every point. Van Til says, Common grace is not a gift of God whereby his own challenge to repentance unto men who have sinned against him is temporarily being blurred. Common grace must rather serve the challenge of God to repentance. It must be a tool by means of which the believer as the servant of Christ can challenge the unbeliever to repentance. Believers can objectively show to unbelievers that unity of science can be attained only on the Christian theistic basis. Page 195. We see then that the criticism laid down at the beginning of this study does no damage to, 
but rather serves to point up even more the strength and necessity of presuppositional epistemology.